in the coming days as never before that you and I will be called upon to, to pray and intercede and do warfare. And so it's so important that we know how to win when it comes to spiritual warfare. Uh, in Revelations, it says it this way. It says, Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But listen, but woe to you on earth and in the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows his time is short. I want you to know, as we approach the end of the age, uh, the Bible tells us that Satan is also aware that his time is running out. He's going to be thrown into hell in a lake of fire where he's going to burn forever. Somebody say amen. amen. But because of that, he, we're going to see increase of spiritual warfare, increase of hostility. The Bible says in 2 Timothy, it says evil people will wax worse and worse as we approach the last days. And so I believe as never before that it's imperative that you and I know how to stand against all the schemes of the devil. Can I have an amen? And I believe that if we will take heed to what we've been learning, God will show us. So I'm reading Ephesians chapter 6. I'm beginning at the 10th verse. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Look at somebody and say, you got to be strong in the Lord. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. He's telling us that the enemy we fight is unseen. There's an array, a well-organized army of spiritual uh, darkness, demon spirits, uh, wickedness in, hell, in high places that are arrayed against you and I. And he said, therefore, because of it, we need to know how to fight against him. He said, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. And he begins to now list the weapons. And I won't uh, reiterate, but we went through each of these weapons and how vital they are to you and I living a victorious life in, in, as a Christian. He talks about the, the, the girdle of truth. He talks about the breastplate of righteousness. He talks about our shoes shot with the gospel of peace. He talks about and, and taking up the shield of faith which, uh, and, and putting on the helmet of salvation. And then he talked about the sword of the spirit. I didn't spend much time on the sword of the spirit because in every one of these weapons we've talked about how important it is to have a good grasp of the word of God. The word of God is a weapon. You know, it, it, truth is rooted in the word of God. Uh, faith comes from hearing the word of God. We renew our minds so it's protected by the word of God. You know, every weapon is rooted in foundation in the word of God. And so I want you to know if you're going to live victorious over the devil's power, you're going to have to have a good understanding and a grasp of God's word. For Jesus, when the devil came against him, he didn't, he didn't fight him with physical weapons, but he fought him with the word of God. When Satan came against him with temptation, how did he defeat the devil? With the word of God. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And he reminded him of what the word of God says. Now listen, this is why it's important, because how many of the devil knows the word too? 
He probably know more word than all of us together. But that's why you and I need to be rooted and grounded and know what God's word is. Because he will endeavor to twist and manipulate and take scripture out of context to, to, to deceive, to distort, and to lead us astray. So that's why you and I need to know what God's word says. But this morning, I want to talk to you probably an element of spiritual warfare. Now, you know, most teachings on spiritual warfare, they talk about the armor and they stop right there. But verses 18 and 20 picks up, and Paul recognized, he says it this way, praying with all prayers and supplication in the Spirit. Listen, being watchful to the end and perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me that utterance may be given to me that I might open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. I believe that of, I like to say it this way, uh, it is prayer that activates all the other armor of God. It is prayer that brings it all together. How many have seen the movie War Room? Let me just see. How many? A good, good, a good bit of you. Some of you had. I want them to show just a little clip because for those that haven't seen, the movie is about a successful family whose marriage become a war zone with their daughter trapped in the middle. and uh, But with the help of a seasoned saint named Miss Clara, uh, who teaches the wife Elizabeth, she discovers how to do warfare for her family. And so I'm going to be talking to you this morning about how to do warfare and prayer. So I'm gonna, I want you to just show, would you show a little bit of that? It's a two-minute clip. Why don't you put it on the screen right quick?
anyway, that, that, was, that was certainly, uh, for those of you that hadn't seen it, it's a powerful movie. I just strongly encourage you to watch it. But, you know, the reality is um, prayer is the greatest weapon that God has given. It makes all the other weapons work, and it, 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 it is what's few, it what's activate every other weapon that we have in our arsenal. And I want you to know, little prayer, little power. Much prayer, much power. I am convinced in my 40 years of living for the Lord, the number one reason why so many of God's people live defeated lives is because of a lack of prayer. I've seen it over and over again. Many people have what I call a 911 relationship with God. They only call God when they're in a crisis or an emergency. When, they, when they're not in an emergency and they're not in a crisis, they forget about it and they say, well, God, I can handle this. But I want you to know that God never intended our relationship with him to be one only on an emergency basis or only on a crisis basis. How many you know we need him every day, every waking moment? We need him every hour of every day. And those who will live victorious will learn how to engage warfare and realize that the devil don't take a break. He, 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 you know, it, the, the, let me just tell you, we are called to be the, the army of God. We're not, we didn't join the National Guard. This is not for weakened warriors. Can I have an amen? This is for those who are fully enlisted and say, God, I'm engaged in this warfare because the devil don't take time off. And if you and I are going to live victorious, we're going to have to learn how the early church did it. The Bible tells us that they continued steadfastly in prayer. The Bible says, and they devoted themselves to prayer. The Bible talks about, let me just tell you, it was prayer that brought down the, uh, the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. It was prayer that caused the man who was lame at the gate to get up and rise up and walk. It was prayer when, that when, when they were threatened, the Bible says, and they prayed, and all of a sudden the place was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. It was prayer that when Herod tried to kill Peter, the Bible said, but the church was praying. I'm concerned convinced that many of the defeats and many of the struggles and many things we go in is because nobody's praying. I'm going to just tell you, listen, we, we had, I shared on last Sunday on the subject of, of mental, of, of depression and suicide and how it's an epidemic. And I mean, I had literally dozens and dozens and dozens of you shared how it's not only a reality in your life, your family, for many of you personally. It is an epidemic in our society. Uh, we, have, we have so many people who are under mental attack and dealing with it. I said we're going to have special prayer Wednesday. And we're going to pray for those who are battling in their mind, those who are wrestling with depression, those who, who are dealing with that. How many of you think showed up for the prayer meeting? Well, y'all quietness already answered the question. See, because isn't it amazing how, let me just tell you, that is why so much of the church is defeated. Because if I say, listen, what, what, I'm going to get free food today, we'll pack out the house, we'll pack out the parking lot. But if I say, listen, we're going we're gonna to meet with Jesus because we're going to pray, I want you to know if we get 10 people to show up, we got a lot. And I want you to know that I'm not here to, to um, I don't want to be discouraging, but I want to encourage you today. I want to tell you that uh, 
that the songwriter was so right. He said, oh, what needless pains we bear only because we don't take it to the Lord in prayer. So many victories are lost simply because we don't pray. So many marriages are failed simply because we don't pray. So many children go to straight simply because we don't pray. So many uh, victories that could have been won or lost simply because we don't pray. I believe that when we get to heaven, God will have a way of showing us, listen, uh, so many things that could have been different had we prayed. And I, I'm, I believe that this morning, if you'll take heed to this, and if you'll learn to make prayer, not just a 911 relationship with God, but a prayer, something that's a part of your life every day, I believe it will change the destiny of not only your life, but the destiny of all who connected with you. Can I have an amen? How many of you want to see more of his power? I, I don't want to just sing about it. We got it, but some, some, I'm, I'm going to speak to this crowd because most of you said want more of his power. Nobody raised a hand over here. How many of you want more of his power? How many of you want more victory in your life? How many of you want to see breakthrough? Listen, God intended breakthrough to be a daily part of our lives. You know, he's not a God of Sunday morning between 10 and 1130. I want you to know he's God on Monday. He's God on Tuesday. He's God on Wednesday. He wants to bring breakthrough in your life because you know why? We have an enemy that never gives up. And so therefore, we need to have an ongoing, daily, continual relationship. So I want to talk to you three things that Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter six on how you and I can win. How many want to win? Wasn't victory sweet yesterday? Sad. A lot of people who ain't in church today because they're watching the saints. They're going to watch the saints for three hours, but I want you to know the devil going to beat their head out because they don't have time for God. Somebody just threw a rock, but that's all right. I'm going to preach it. Because the church got his priorities wrong. Pastors all over the city, some of them can't have church at certain hours of night, hours of time, because folk more interested in the game than, than meeting with God. I'm going to get you out for the game anyway. The first thing that you and I must learn if you and I are going to learn how to win in prayer is number one, we must learn how to pray always. Write it down. Say pray always. Yes. Ephesians 6, 18, it says praying always. You know, it is, it's not just when you, when, you know, when, when things are in a, going bad. It's learning how to make prayer a continual part of your life. Jesus said it this way. I would that men pray always and never give up. Why? Because the Bible tells in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because you have an adversary, the devil, who walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I want you to know, hear me, every believer, young believer, old believer, I don't care how long you've been in the Lord, I want you to know that nobody is exempt from the attacks of the devil. The devil will come against, he don't play, he don't fight fair. I want you to know, he is a wicked uh, spirit, he hates you, he hates everything that, that, that God loves, and he will do everything to destroy you, your family, your children, and everything that you love dear. And if you don't learn how to stand flat-footed and learn how to say, devil, like, like she said, you can't have my family. You can't have my home. You can't have my children. You got to, get, you got to come to a place where you're ready to say, devil, you're not going to have my family. 
And it requires a vigilance. No believer is exempt from being Satan's target. Listen to me. That's why as a soldier, when a soldier goes to war, he don't take a break on and say, well, I'm, I'm going to take vacation and, uh, you know, on, on the weekend. No, he recognized that, listen, he has to always be vigilant. They have to always be on watch because they know that there's an enemy that will try to attack when you're most vulnerable. How many know the devil will always attack when you're most vulnerable? He going to wait. He going to wait till you got your armor down. He going to wait till you till, till you least expected. That's why you and I have to learn how to make praying always a part of our lives. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. It means to pray continually. Let me just tell you, God intended you and I to ever be praying. You know, I, I like that acronym, PUSH, pray until something happens. We need to always be in a, a lifestyle, in an attitude of prayer. The question is, well, how do I pray always? How do I make my house a house of prayer? Does God expect me to be on my knees all day long and not go to work? No. No, that's not how you pray always. Prayer, in other words, I liken it to this. Prayer is to the believer what oxygen is to our physical life. Just as we need oxygen to, 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 to stay alive, we need prayer to stay alive spiritually. And so prayer should be an ongoing daily attitude of the believer's life that we pray about everything that's why the bible said philippians 4 6 it says don't be anxious about anything but pray about everything say pray about everything and praying about everything means there's nothing out of the scope of God. That means God covers everything. You know, let, let me just, I, I'm going to just give you an example. I was, uh, how, how I approached this, you know, this Thursday, I'm going to just give you an example. I, I woke up, you know, and, and first of all, you know, I, I, I often always just start out with just Thanksgiving because I'm just grateful to be alive. Anybody grateful to be alive? Anybody grateful to have their right mind? Anybody grateful to be able to, walk, you know, that you still can walk? Anybody grateful that you was able to get out of the bed? Listen, it don't take much to make me happy. I'm just grateful that God gave me another day. The Bible said this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. In it. You know, the alternative is, is not to wake up. So the fact that God gave you another day, say it's a gift. Somebody give God some praise. Every day is a gift. Every day is a present. I want you to know that. And the fact that you woke up, I want you to know I was reading the testimony. Many of you know I read the story of the young girl, Holly Butcher. You can Google it. She was a 26-year-old young lady who was diagnosed with an incurable cancer. She said, I always envisioned my life living old, living, having lots of children, having a big family, growing old and growing gray and eventually dying. She said, I never thought that at 26 I would be facing my own mortality. She said, oh, how we just take things for granted. She said, but here I am watching my, my body slowly decay. She said, I, I realize now that each day is a gift. Every day, every day is a gift. I want you to know, so I start out every day always God I don't care what it looked like God you deserve all the praise God it is good I want you to know the fact that I had a bed to sleep in come on God you're a good God God the fact that I had a roof over my head while some people slept outdoor God you're so good how many are grateful that he gave you a house to sleep in you had a bed to sleep in 
And I want you to know that, listen to me, the reason why sometimes we don't pray is we forget about the goodness of God. God is a good God. Oh, you need to, listen, if God's been good to you, why don't you just give him a praise right now? Because let me just tell you. Do you want to know, listen to me, I want you to hear me. One of the reasons why God judges nations, why God judges community, read it in Romans chapter 1. The Bible says because neither were they thankful. They didn't give God thanks. See, when you begin to think, well, I, I, I go to work. I bring home the bacon. I fry it up in the pan. I do this and that. You know, that, that's the American way. I do this. I built this house. I bought that car. You know, when we begin to, God gave you the energy, the strength, the money. Everything you got come from the Lord. Isn't it amazing how we begin to take pride in what we've done as though you are something. You are nothing. I want you to know is God is everything. And everything you got comes from the Lord. You'll have nothing. And all he got to do is stop one minute and, you, and you're gone. If he, did, if, he decide, if he decide today and say this is your last breath, that would be the end. And nothing you'd have. So that's why we need to ever be grateful and thank God for what he's done. That's why, listen, the first thing I start my day with is learning how to say, God, you are good. I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for every good thing you've given. God, you are good. Somebody help me give him some thanks in this place. That's what prayer is. God hears. I want you to know his eyes on it. He loves a grateful child. The reason why, let me just tell you, some of you ruin your children because you give them everything and so then they lose great gratitude. They ain't thankful for nothing. I'm telling you, I watch some of our children. They walk by people like you, like they, like they, don't, they ignore you, they don't even, that you, you're invisible. They, they don't have no respect. Why is that? Because we don't teach them how, listen, everything. You need, to, you need to speak to everybody. You need to be grateful. You need to, see, it's, an, it's our responsibility as parents. But we've given them everything, but we've not given them a gratitude for the Lord. Let me just tell you, parents, that's why don't be rushing to bail them out of everything. I, I ran into a young lady. This is what she was telling me on Thursday morning. She said, Pastor, you know, the last two years was the worst year, time in my life. I've been in a depression for two years. I tried to commit suicide. She said, you know, but the last three months, she said, I found God for myself. She said, you know, my mama tried to tell, my grandmama tried to tell me, but he said, now nah, I know him for myself. He said, you know, and as bad as that was, I'm grateful now for everything I went through. And I know now everything going to be all right because God is the Lord of my life. Isn't that awesome? Come on, let's thank God. You see, grateful. But if you're going to pray always, you know, Prayer starts with just giving God thanks. If you'll wake up and just begin to bless him. And you know, one, one aspect of prayer is thanksgiving. But another aspect of prayer is supplication or petition. You know, I woke up, I knew I had to go um, pick up some vouchers at CRC for, for Thanksgiving. And then I had to go to Marathon. And they're helping us to serve. We're going to serve. 2,000 meals in two weeks to our community, and we're going to give away 1,000 turkey dinners. 
and it's paid for. Come on, give God some praise. Oh, y'all, y'all, yeah. I'm in the wrong place. I need to just close. But, but hear me. It's amazing how we lose gratitude. But this is what I was doing. I was just driving, and I was just thanking God for the just blessing. And, and as I just thanking God for the grace of God on our lives, I just began to just bless him. And, and as I just walked and just thanked him and blessed him, you know, I was just caught up in, you know, and I ran into a, a terrible traffic jam and delayed all it. But, you know, because I was in the spirit, say in the spirit, all of a sudden, when I normally would have gotten frustrated. See, that's, that's some of your answer right there. If you will learn how to get in the spirit, you won't get frustrated at every little thing. And so even though I got delayed for 30-something minutes and delayed, you know, because I was in the spirit just thanking God. Now, let me just tell you what I was doing. I was saying, God, you know, we had a, a food giveaway, and we, we, we had only 80 boxes of food, but we had probably three times that many people waited in line to get food. And I just whispered a prayer. I said, Lord, wouldn't it be nice if we gotten a, another truckload so we can bless some people because some of those people were really needed. You know, I, I was in a funeral yesterday, and I got a text that said, Pastor Bernard, we got a truckload of food. Would you like us to send it to you? I'm, I'm telling you, I am blown away how God just answered. Let me just say, I just whispered it to the Lord, but God hears our prayer. Come on, somebody. But if you'll learn, let me just tell you, if you'll learn how to pray always, if you'll learn how when you rise up, when I'm going to a meeting, God, come on, help me with this meeting. When I'm dealing with a difficult person, God, help me not to get in the flesh. Come on, when I'm going in the best, God, help me not to cuss. And if you'll learn how to pray about everything, pray always, that's one of the ways you will learn how to have victory. God, help me to keep my mouth shut. I want you to know that, listen, when Peter was in prison, I want you to, the Bible says, in the church prayed constantly. I want you, what would happen if we'll begin to make prayer, not just a 911 related, but a, a daily thing, a continual thing. When I'm working on my job, when I'm brushing my teeth, when, I, when I'm driving in my car, I'm break, sending up a prayer to God. I want you to know, you'll begin to live in the presence of God. It's that kind of prayer life that the devil can't, he can't stand. He can't stand a believer who's always praying because he said, I can't touch him because God put a hedge around him. Somebody say amen. amen. And if you'll learn to pray that way, it's hard for the devil to defeat a believer that's always praying. In the, there was, in, the, in the 16th century, there was a man by the name of John Knox, a mighty man of God in prayer. The, the, at that time, there was a wicked ruler named Queen, uh, Mary, Queen of Scots, persecuted Fear the persecuting uh, Christian or whatever. But here was a man of prayer. Listen to what she said. She said, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than all the armies of Europe. She knew that this man, because he had prayer, he knew how to touch God. I want you to know, prayer, listen, sometimes you complain about situation. But if you'll pray about situation, I don't know, God can intervene. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. Somebody say amen. Come on. Let me just say, there is nothing too hard. Hard for the Lord. God can change everything from the White House to the outhouse. Somebody say amen. 
If we'll, if we'll stop murmuring and stop criticizing and pray more, that's why God says pray for those in authority that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life. You know, if you instead of going ranting on Facebook and, and social media about how bad things are, if you'll start uttering a prayer to God, God will change some things. Secondly, I want you to know how do we win in prayer. We got to learn how to pray in the spirit. Say pray in the spirit. I want to talk about this one. Any Holy Ghost people in here? I got five. That, mean, that means some of you need the Holy Ghost. There's an aspect of praying in the spirit. George, can I share your testimony? George Banks shared with the men how he had battled depression. And he was getting his car. The devil was whisper all kinds of things to him. He said, yeah, I didn't know how to. He said, but I, I learned how to win the battle for his mind. He said, I would begin praying in the spirit. And as I began praying in the spirit, I, he said, all of a sudden, whatever heaviness that was trying to come on his mind, the spirit of heaviness was lived in the presence of God would come in his call, and he knew everything was going to be all right. I want you to know, there's a prayer. We don't always know how to pray. Sometimes I don't have words to pray. Come on, somebody. But I want you to know, if you'll learn how to pray in the spirit, I want you to know God will intervene. I want to read it. Let, let's read it. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. Listen to what it says. In the same way, listen to what it says. In the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. How many of you realize you need the Holy Ghost? You can't do it by yourself. Hear me. The spirit helps us in our weakness. Listen to what it says. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans not in it, cannot express. See, because sometimes you're trying to pray for something God, God already is not in it. That's why you need to ask the Holy Ghost, God, would you would pray through me. I don't know how to pray in this situation. Holy Spirit, pray through me. Listen what he say. The Holy Spirit prays through us. With groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit. Because the spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance to the will of God. We might not know the right words to say. But the Holy Spirit does. He know how to intercede. He's the spirit of intercession. That's why every believer needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. amen. Let me just tell you, it's not just for the first church, but it's for this church. You need to realize God wants every one of you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not just an option. It's a command. In Ephesians 5, 18, he said, do not be drunk with wine. Instead of taking all the pills, instead of taking all the alcohol, let me just tell you, a lot of times if you'll learn to say, God, fill me with the Holy Ghost, I want you to know that Holy Ghost will lift the demon power off of your life. The Holy Ghost will begin to bring breakthrough in your life. I've learned, let me tell you, I talked last week. Thank God for psychiatrists, psychologists, and every medical God, doctor. I thank God for them. God works and use them all. But I want you to hear me. So many things can be healed and resolved 
if we'll learn how to live full of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you that one of the reasons why so often we lose in the spiritual battles is because we're not filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a command. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to ourselves psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in our heart to the Lord. Listen, Paul said it this way. Well, some say, well, praying in the Holy Spirit, that don't mean just praying in tongues. Corinthians 14, just praying in tongues, but it does mean praying in tongues. Listen to what he said. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 2. He said, he that speaketh in tongue, he speaks not unto men, but he speaks unto God. Howbeit he speaketh his mysteries. In 1 Corinthians 14, verses 12, he said, I would, let's read it. For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. Jump to verse 15. So what shall I do? In other words, you know, many, this area has been abused in the Corinthian church. There was a misunderstanding on the gifts of the Spirit and, and when to pray in the Spirit. And Paul wrote a letter to address some of the abuse. But this is what he said, so what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I also pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit, and I will sing with my mind. When we learn how to step out and begin praying in the Spirit, I want you to know we invite the presence of God. You know, hear me. That's why I ask our leaders to come together and, and meet for prayer uh, today. In our, because, you know, when we lose sight of prayer, I believe one of the reasons why there's a lack of power sometimes is because there's a lack of prayer. I can point it. Sometimes, because, let me just tell you, if there's no private prayer, if there's no private prayer, often prayer in public will be weak. But when, just like if there's no prayer in the pew, there's likely, likely not to be much power in the pulpit. But when we will learn how to get before God and pray, I'm telling you, I'm not one of the, I can't fake it till I make it. I ain't got, to, you know, some people, you know, uh, I'm grateful two weeks ago, Kristen preached a powerful message. And after she sung a song, well, I can't sing. So if the Holy Ghost don't show up, we're in trouble. I need the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. And I want you to know that you need the Holy Spirit. He intended it for everyone. Jude says, but you, dear friends, build up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. There is a heavenly language. There's times I don't know how to pray, but there's times I just begin to get before God. Robo God, I'm asking you, move today. It's the Holy Spirit. We need him. He didn't mean it to be frightening or mystical. He intended every believer to have the Holy Spirit. You need that prayer language. I'm telling you, there's times when I've faced things I didn't know how to pray. But the Holy Ghost knows just how to pray. And he's a gift that's been given to the believer. And if you're here today and you've never received that mighty infilling of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, 
how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? I want all over this room, if you want more of the Holy Spirit, just stand to your feet right now. All over this room. Hands up before heaven. Come on. Just stand to your feet right now. Lift your hands up before heaven. Come on, somebody help me. Some of the worship team want to come. Because I'm telling you, you need the Holy Spirit in the times we're living in. I'm telling you, God ain't, he said, if, if, if you ask a fish, will I give you a snake? No. If you ask for bread, will I give you a rock? No. He said, if you as parents know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit? I want you to know, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will speak through us. He will give us, but we got to take a step of faith. I want you, God won't make you. He won't come in and move your mouth. He won't do But if you will begin to praise Him, if you will begin to bless Him, I want you to know the Holy Spirit will begin to fill your life. And slip your hands up all over this room. Come on, slip your hands up all over this room. Now just pray. If you want more of the Holy Spirit, just say that. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask you now, fill my life with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come have your way. Flow through my life. Take over my life. I need you. I want to pray in that heavenly language. I'm asking you right now, as I yield to you, may you flow through me. Jesus, fill me now in Jesus' name. Now, come on, just begin to bless him. All over this room, come on, begin to bless him. Come on. Come on, God. We need you, Lord. Come on, Lord. Fill I want you to know power is released. The gifts of the Spirit flow when we let the Holy Spirit have His way. We need His Spirit. We need His power. And the more you ask Him, the more you yield, the more He will flow. Come on. The more you flow, the more you'll ask Him, the more the Holy Spirit will flow. We need Him in our lives. We need Him in our lives. Come on, get out of your mind and say, Holy Spirit, flow through my life. In the name of, in the name of Jesus, fill with the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, fill us to overflowing. In the name of Jesus, flow right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, ask for His glory. Ask for His power this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Y'all can stay up here. Thank you. Listen, I just want you right now. Just begin to praise him all over this room. Just begin to pray. Come on, out of your mind. Let's begin. Just begin to bless the Lord. See, listen why praise is so important. I'm going to be talking about the secret weapon next week called praise and worship. But you don't have to wait for a service. If you'll learn to fill your house, 
fill your home with the praise of God. I want you to, the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. If they open your mouth and begin to bless him right where you are. Come on, begin to praise him. Come on, you don't need a, a cheerleader. You begin to bless him. You begin to praise him. You begin to thank him. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, Rabbi Come on, we bless your listen, name. Listen, 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 listen. I want you to know that that's what you and I need. When we don't have words to say, the Bible says the Spirit Himself will pray through us with groaning, with utterances. There's times we don't know what to say. There's times we don't know how to pray. But God has promised, he has promised that the Holy Spirit, he will make intercession through you. I'm just reading what the word of God, you read it in Acts chapter 2. The Bible says as they prayed, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 4, it says as they prayed, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 10, when they went into Cornelius' house, as they prayed, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak in other tongues. In Acts chapter 19, as Paul laid his hands on, they prayed and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. It wasn't just a one-time thing. It was an ongoing, ongoing God wants us to continually be filled with the Holy Spirit because we need His power. And I want you to know, it's an indictment against God when God, when Jesus paid such a price, when He given us the Holy Spirit and when we don't take advantage and allow the Holy Spirit to have our lives. Let Him flow through our lives. We need His power. I want to share two things before I close. You can stay, so you can sit down. Just, just, just let me finish this. The reason why Jesus said, pray, let your kingdom come. Let in Isaiah, is because sometimes our will is not his will. Listen to what he says in Isaiah. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways. Sometimes the best thing God can do is cancel some of your prayers because you're praying according to your flesh and not according to his will. But sometimes when we open, listen, as, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I've learned that, that let me just tell you, one time, this is why the Holy Spirit is so important. One time there, there was a crisis in our church in the early years. And you know, I wanted to handle it by confronting the person and addressing. And, but you know, that wasn't what the Holy Spirit wanted to do. He, arrest, he, he spoke to me clearly. This is what he said. He said, I want you to buy him a gift. Now, everything in my flesh went against what I heard. But this is why yielding to the Spirit is so important. Because the Holy Spirit said, no, you bless them. Buy them a gift. I want you to know that when I obeyed the Holy Spirit, God brought correction. God addressed the issue better than I could have ever addressed that issue. Because when we yield to the Holy Spirit's way, when we pray according to the Spirit, God can bring about something that you and I could never do in our flesh. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why I, sometimes because my ways are not God's ways. My thoughts are not his thoughts. And lastly, listen, this is the last point I want to share as I close. Listen, 
I say we must, if we're going to learn to win in war, we got to pray always. Secondly, we got to learn to pray in the spirit. The Bible talks how important it is to learn to pray in the spirit. It, it's, you know, God gave us the Holy Spirit. He's given us a prayer lane so that you and I can defeat the enemy. Thirdly, and this is what he said in, as I close. He said, praying for all the saints and pray also for me. Listen, if we're going to win in prayer, I want you to know we got to learn to pray for others. Now, what that has to do for me, because this is what you got to understand. A lot of times as you pray for others, God will work it for you. Listen to what he said. Ephesians, Ephesians uh, I'm sorry, James 5, 16 says, Therefore confess your sins one to, another, one to another and pray, listen, and pray for each other so that you might be healed. One of the things I've learned is that when I pray for others, sometimes God brings God causes healing come in my life. We just, see, we are, we in America think individualistic. We just think about ourselves. But the, the church is a family. We are a body of believers. No one person makes up an army. And if we're going to stand against the wiles of the devil, we got to learn how to stand together. The scripture, one will chase a thousand, but two will chase ten thousand. There's an exponential return. Listen to what it says in the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 4, 4, 9 through 12. It says, two are better than one. For they are able to help each other succeed. I'm reading out of that. Thank you. Listen, they're able to help each other succeed. Listen, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in what? And the reason why sometimes some of you are defeated is because you stand alone. All over this room, there are certain people in this room, you're a loner. You don't connect with nobody. You don't associate. And the reason why when you fall, you're in real trouble because you have nobody that you connected to to lift you up. Put the next verse. I want to read. Listen. Likewise, listen, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? Listen, a person, this is the verse I want, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. Did you hear that? When it comes to warfare, one of the things that's often not taught about spiritual warfare is you can't often win all the battle by yourself. God has caused us to be connected to others. A person attacked can be defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord cannot easily be broken. Look at somebody and say, you got my back? Come on, ask, say, do you have my back? Come on, do you have my back? See, let me just tell you, I'm just telling you the reason why some families go through things because they don't have nobody fighting with them. I'm telling you, when I'm in a battle, I want to know that there's somebody who's going to stand with me, somebody who's going to fight with me, somebody who's going to stand by my side. How many got my back in here? Paul was not too afraid to say and pray for me. Come on, say that when we say, pray for me. Pray for me. I have no uh, uh, 
Let me say it this way. I am not deceived to think that for 40 years as a Christian, for 24 years as a pastor, enjoying the favor, the blessing of God, that it is by accident or coincidence or by my ability alone. I have a clear reality and understanding that I have, throughout my Christian life, I have people who have stood with me, who prayed for me, who've had my back. Many times when I don't, see, you can't, we all got blind spots. I can't look behind my head right now. That's why I need somebody to have my back. I need, I, I can't always see what's behind me. I can't see when somebody trying to, you know, smile in my face and, and stab me in my back. But when you got somebody who got your back. I say, when you got somebody who got your back. Then when the enemy comes, how many of you know, you might not be, but you got somebody that got your back. Look at somebody and say, I got your back. Come on. Make a commitment that I got your back. And I believe that, listen, we will see less casualties. We will see less casualties if we will learn how to pray for one another. Come on, give God some praise. I'm finished. Come on, give God some praise.